Today's reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this from a God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in this Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God, ma God made him who had no sins to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thank you, Harry. It's good to be together. It's good to see your faces. It's good to connect with you online. I invite you to pray with me as we dig into God's word this morning. Lord, your holiness is beyond comprehension, but your word is real and your word is life-changing. And so we thank you that through the Holy Spirit, you take what was written long ago and apply it to us today. So come, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do through the words of, through the word and through this, your humble servant. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we think about our community connected here in this space and connected online, we've said it many times in the past months, haven't we? We are the church. We are the church when we're connected uh, digitally, when we're connected uh, physically together, because we're spiritually knit together in Christ. Yes, spiritually, but you know there is something so important and so powerful about incarnational presence. We are not just spiritual beings, we are physical beings. And so being in this place together, real bodies gathered in a real place, and for those of you at home too, gathered in your place, we are all infused by the Spirit of God, and this is what makes us the church. We've been in this series during these last several weeks called Renovate, Made New Again. And we've used the image of a home renovation, many of you might be familiar with. We've been asking ourselves, what new things might God be doing in us, individually and as a church? And particularly on this Sunday, and this time where we start something new, it's fitting for us to remember and to go back and look at what God says about the new creative work he's going to do in us. So that's the title of today's sermon, New Creations. New Creations, that's what we are. And I want to go through this kind of in three ways, talking first about the problem, then a solution. What's the first gift in new creation? And then purpose. What is the second gift in new creation? Now, I recently read an article that was titled this, How to Reinvent Yourself in Five Steps. Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? I'm not going to name them for you because I couldn't remember them. But the premise in the whole article was that continued growth is, is vital. It's necessary at the heart of reinventing yourself. And it is what makes you live up to your fullest potential. And so there is some truth in that statement, right? We want to keep growing. We want to be part of what God is doing in our lives. But if I try that, to remake myself by my own efforts, that's the problem. 
That's where the problem lies. And in the Christian worldview, we know, we know we cannot solve the problem that really makes us um, separated from God. Sin is the problem. We fall short every single day for what God intended for us. And no amount of reinvention is going to make me a new person or make you a new person. We can't recreate ourselves. If you're trying to do that, whether you're here in the sanctuary listening online, any times we try to gain acceptance from God or affirmation from other people by trying to recreate ourselves, it's frustrating and futile. We will only get a little ways in becoming what God intended us to be. And so the gospel, the gospel is our only hope. And Paul describes it here in this passage that Harry read for us from 2 Corinthians. So if you have your Bible, either print form or digital, just open up again to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It is in the New Testament, after the Gospels, and then the book of Romans, and then we get right into all these letters, and the letters to the Corinthians were some of those first ones. So that was some of the dilemma that Paul was addressing when he wrote to this church in Corinth. Now, here's the thing. We often read the scripture, and we get this idealized view of what the church was like. Like that early church. Oh, if we could only go back to the early church. I mean, everyone heard the message and they all agreed about how to live and how to serve in Jesus' name. Oh, if we could only be like that church. But if you read through all the letters to the Corinthians, you will see that was not the case. Never has been the case. We are real people who have difficulties and disagreements And sometimes it leads to divisions. And Paul is talking to a church like that. The first century church. Full of the power of God, yes. But also plagued by these divisions and by these disagreements. One theologian, Guy Knave, in his commentary on the New Testament called True to Our Native Land. He says it this way. The church has always represented a community of diverse people who struggle to turn to God in an effort to negotiate their differences in such a way as to create a community reflective of God's love, grace, and acceptance. We are, we are like the Corinthian church. We're in this together. And we've always struggled with what that means to be community. Now this letter, 2 Corinthians, probably was the fourth letter that Paul actually wrote to this church. Most believe two of them have been lost, and the two that were preserved are put in our Bibles as 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And this community in Corinth, this big urban center of the city of Corinth, they had been questioning Paul's authority. And they had been looking at him, as verse 16 says, from a worldly point of view. Ah, he's not measuring up. I wonder if he really has the authority to speak as he does. In fact, his outward traits, his appearance is not that great. I'm not that impressed with it. And so the Corinthians had rejected some of Paul's teaching and said he's not as dynamic. He's not as um, out there as some of the other teachers who've been coming to us. In fact, he challenged us. He poked at us unnecessarily. 
And so Paul is referring to that in, as he writes to them. And he begins this section in verse 16, say, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Paul is saying, you know, we can't look at others from the outside. We just can't. And he said, I used to do that with Christ. Paul says, I used to look at Christ that way, in a human way. What did he look like on the outside? And it wasn't until Paul encountered the risen Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus that things changed. Before that, Jesus had been an affront to him, to his religious sensibilities. And the cross that Jesus died on, well, that was a scandal to Paul. But that encounter with Jesus Christ, it changed everything. And I hope for you who are listening online and you who are here this morning, you can remember encounters with Jesus Christ that changed your viewpoint, that changed the way you look at yourself, the way you looked at the world, the way you looked at your neighbor. So that's the problem. The problem is we cannot create, recreate ourselves. But as new creations, God has provided a solution. And that's the first gift in this passage. I just want you to note, because it says it in verse 18, and when I was studying this this week, it jumped out at me. Verse 18, all this is from God. All of this is from God. It's not something we have to do on our own. God does the work. God is the one who graces us with these gifts. And the first one is new creation. We've been embraced into Christ. We are in Christ when we accept his gift of forgiveness and salvation because Christians you see are we're not rehabilitated people reformed people re-educated people all education is important we are new creations and we receive it as a gift of being in Jesus Christ and think of some of the unbelievable things the changes that come with this gift that are outlined in this passage of scripture verse 18 says we are reconciled with God we used to be enemies and now he says you're my friends we used to be estranged and not be able to come into the presence of God because of broken relationships and now we're reconciled we're restored the relationship is free and open and easy we're also reconciled with the world as it says in verse 19 God was reconciling the world to himself The whole creation being reconciled. God's purposes in creation. This joyful union with him and with the world he created. He's saying that's part of what is your lot now as you're in Christ. And this one I love. Our sins are not counted against us. Isn't it so great to know that we come into this space if we are in Christ. And there is no record where we messed up yesterday. There is no record of that way we harmed another person, the way we, whatever it was, there's no record of it. Because in Christ, our sins are not counted against us. And the way the world counts things and measures us and says, are you up to snuff? God says, I see you in grace. He doesn't count things against us because of Jesus. And then surprisingly, in verse 19, it says, way of living is demonstrated to the rest of the world and the actions and positive results of this 
sound and open and reconciled relationship with God, it affects us and it affects those we engage with. So here's the thing. If you heard the term new creation, you've got to think about the original creation, right? And if our Kairos kids were here or Pastor Nancy was up here, she would be able to tell us and go through in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that. There was a new creation where animals and plants and all of this was created in God's good image. And humans created to reflect the character of God. And all of these things, all of these things working together in complete harmony with God in the middle of it. What a gift, that first creation. God saw it all and he said what? Very good. This is very good. But we know that rebellion from God, from his ways and questioning even his goodness, it broke that harmony. It broke that harmony with humans and it broke that harmony in the world. But thank God we aren't left to our own devices. If you think even with Adam and Eve who, yes, they had to leave the garden, but God didn't say, figure it out. I want you to figure out how to get back into good relationship with me. No, God says, I have a plan, and it is in Christ. And you can be a new creation, part of this work that God is doing to restore all things to himself. Because you see, new creation isn't just an individual work. We can look at each other and say, you are a new creation. And that is true. But we are part of a whole wonderful in incorporated system which begins with the creative energy of Jesus Christ who rose from the dead so we have new hearts that's what Pastor Nancy preached on last week we have new hearts we have new perspectives we have new community we have eventually a new kingdom a new kingdom which will forever only be the way of God won't that be delightful I will it's such a great thing to look forward to. That is the new creation. It changes the way we interact with each other. Luke Johnson in his commentary on the New Testament says it this way. No longer is life to be defined by individual rights leading to alienation. But by self-emptying leading to reconciliation. Now that sounds impossible. To try to do that on my own. But only happens as we recognize Christ is both the model for this. Who was able to empty himself. Give up his own rights. And reconcile us. And Christ through his spirit is the power for us to do it. We all can walk in this new way. A new way to define life. Self-emptying. It, get letting go of individual rights for the good of all. So that's one of the gifts, the solution to our problem. One of the gifts is that we are in Christ as new creations. But that means when we've started our life anew in Christ, and many of you who are listening to me would say, yes, I am in Christ, we are also given a second gift. Remember, all this is from God. And that is, we are given the ministry of reconciliation. Big words. But it's almost as if when our life starts anew in Christ, we become an advertisement. We become this um, 
ad campaign for Jesus Christ and the Trinity to say, this is what it looks like to live in relationship with me. The word reconcile from the Latin root of conciliar, which means bring together. And then, of course, the prefix re, reconcile, reconcile. It means bringing back together things that were out of whack, that were not in good relationship with one another. And as new creations, you and I are brought back into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that first gift allows us to live out the second gift, that calling to be ambassadors, advertisements that God is up to something in new creation. Now here's the thing. It's pretty amazing, even as we talked about people serving and inviting people into this ministry on Sunday mornings and everything, none of us will do it perfectly. In fact, it's pretty amazing that the glory of the gospel is actually entrusted to people like us. The message is powerful, but the messengers aren't always. And that was a theme that Paul wrote to his church in Corinth about many times. Maybe one of his most famous ways comes in 2 Corinthians 4-7. He says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, broken vessels, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is the new creation that we're able to share with the world. Self-centeredness and judgment based on looking at people on the outside, that's gone. We don't evaluate people by how they look or even how they speak because we're recreated beings And so we see ourselves differently and we see each other differently. And we become that advertisement to the world that says there is a better way. There is a good way that God's already provided for us. We've been graced with this gift. Now, sometimes we think of being God's ambassador as like, it's a burden. I've got to go out and represent God and it means I have to do this. It's a gift my friends. It's a gift of grace that God has given us that we as jars of clay would be part of the message that the world hears that God wants to bring new life, new creation. He wants to bring things into harmony with himself and with one another. And so we don't have to get stuck in this cycle of trying to reinvent ourselves and and get better on our own. No, we live into the grace of that first gift and then it's, it's an example to the people around us. Now, if you've listened to these words, reconciliation, righteousness, ambassador, that can be all just theological haze and words that can sometimes, yeah, I, I agree, and we just kind of move on. But I would just encourage us as we close this morning to say that that, the new creation is my story. It's your story. It's every one of our stories who are in Christ. You see, we've been given this gift, new creation, new in Jesus, new in the way we express it to the world as his ambassadors. And so I just want to end with some examples I've seen in this community. It's just, it's just a few. It's just a, We could talk about that forever, people who are living into these gifts. I think of a woman who came back to a relationship with God in her adult life. And so she started and now is leading a Bible study with neighbors. I think of a man in our community who experienced God's grace 
to address destructive, addictive habits. And now he walks with others as a sponsor, as an encourager in the way of grace. I think of the high school student who, because of his Christian faith, began to see the needs of others around him differently. And he started an organization for younger students who had fewer opportunities. These are people in our midst, my friends. I think of a family, because of their renewed connection with Jesus, started to look at their resources differently and began to pray about how they might invest the money, the time that God had given them as ambassadors for the gospel. And Pastor Mark even reminded me this morning of of high school students who this summer are choosing to serve in places where their gifts might be used. Instead of giving up their time because they are in Christ, they become an ambassador for Christ. Those stories would never end. I look at those faces in this space right here and I know some of your stories How you choose to say, I am in Christ, and so therefore, I'm going to be an advertisement for that kind of grace. We are invited to be new creations that help to engage the world so that everyone would know that God intends for you to come be back in harmony with him. This is our privilege. Not just our own personal salvation, but to live as his advertisement as his ambassador because God is still about the business of making things new. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful. That's a small word to say for the fact that you have made us new in Jesus Christ. That we don't have to do any of this on our own effort that you bring us back into relationship with you out of your grace. And we receive this new creation, and then you invite us to be part of seeing it unfold around us. Lord, give us the picture that this is a gift of grace, that we might live in the way we speak and interact and all the things we do in our work, in our school, in our homes, that would be part of this ambassadors for you, an advertisement for the world. You make things new, and we thank you for that. We thank you that that blessing pours over us over and over again. We receive it this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen.